It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. Hi, and thank you for tuning in once again to the Social Snippet Show podcast. This week's episode, the Green Umbrella team were talking about what's changed in social media over the last few weeks. And we shared some observations in regard to QR codes as well, because we're starting to see those get used more and more in the sort of outside world as things return to to normalcy. Um, So, you know, I think there's some some things to think about there. Are QR codes going to come back into marketing um, and start to be a bit of a trend again? So we discussed that a little bit as well as some of the changes that we've started to see on Facebook as well. So without further ado, let's just dive into that episode. Hi, Facebook. Hi, LinkedIn. Um, We're back for another Thursday live lunch. It's just the green umbrella crew today, so no special guests. You've just got us and we are going to be talking to you about, well, whatever really comes up, to be honest. So um, we've got a couple of social media stories, if you like to talk about little news and and things that have happened that we can discuss. Um, And then there's probably going to be a couple of tips and things in there as well along the way. So hopefully the next sort of 45 minutes to an hour will be of use to you. So, um, hey, gang, how are we doing? Good, thank you. Oh, well done, guys. Brilliant. All good. All good, if I heard. This is the problem. We kind of start this and we're all excited and we're having all this conversation and throwing insults at each other generally. And um, then I go live and we have to go silent for a second when that happens. And um, yeah, it kind of goes a bit like flat all of a sudden. So we need to fix that. Um, but, uh, so, speak um, for on the throwing insults at people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, Amanda, come on then. What have you got to share with the class? Oh, okay. I'll dive straight in. Um, so, uh, already we've got people who have joined us online. So, hello, Paul. Hello, Stephen. Nice to see you. Um, yeah, this week, what's this week? I've done a lot of copywriting as usual this week, but I did discover something quite exciting, which, well, it's exciting for me. As you know, I'm a fan of Canva, so which is a free tool and allows you to create images that support your social media and posts, or you can create blogs or whatever. But um, you can now use it as a scheduling tool. So you can actually create your images in Canva and schedule them straight from there if you link it to um, like your LinkedIn profile or a company page or um, Facebook group or page as well. So I thought that was quite an interesting move and there was no real noise about that. It just kind of appeared. Um, I think I've had an email this morning uh, that talks about it, but um, it's still kind of early days. So there's some limitations on there. Like it doesn't link to every social media platform there is. It's kind of just does the popular ones. So Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Tumblr is on there. Um, you can't put emojis in there yet. So, you know, when you kind of put your text in to support them, there's no kind of emoji plug-in yet. But it wouldn't surprise me if they add that to it as time goes on. But I tried it out yesterday. Um, it worked absolutely fine, so no issues with it. So um, I don't know whether it's kind of everybody's got it yet or whether it's one of those things like, you know, when LinkedIn roll out a feature and not everyone gets it. And 
um, you're kind of itching to, to go with it. But yeah, I, I saw it on Canva and it, I think a few other people I know have got it there as well. Um, but yeah, it's another another great way to use that as a, as a platform. And I kind of use Canva pretty much every day. So it works well for me. Cool. So what would be really interesting, I think we we probably need to do a bit of a test on that as well, because um, like Facebook, for example, doesn't like third party scheduling tools. There's nothing official that says if you use um, Hootsuite or Buffer or anything like that to schedule mm. to Facebook, you're going to get less reach. But we've done things in the past that have proven that 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 is the case. Mm -hmm. So um, it'd be interesting to do that test with Canva to see what difference we see there. So let's keep an eye on the stats. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting that we're sort of seeing all these platforms come out with all these little changes. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening at the minute, I think, in terms of the software, where it's we're seeing changes that are related to making it you know, people don't need the, the sort of you know, to buy higher level of access to get the functionality and and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, everything's um, yeah. becoming user friendly, user -friendly again. again. Uh, Paul has commented saying it doesn't seem to be on his Canva yet, so it might be that it has just rolled out to a few users. Um, what I'll do is, if um, any of the people watching are members of our uh, coaching group, our Facebook coaching group. Um, I'm going to do a quick video show around so you can see what it looks like and where to look out for it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so <coughs> you've just had a week off and then you've come back into your face then, Jane, was a little bit like, have I? <laughs> it was so long ago. Um, but yeah, you I mean, I, you and I both had the same week off and um, I don't know about you, I've been catching up on loads and loads of news and um, most of what, what's been appearing in my news is TikTok related, which I know you're all sick of me talking about, so I'll <laughs> keep that one quiet. Um, but yeah, what have you seen sort of now that you've caught up? Uh, well, one of the bits I really like, because um, obviously Facebook is trying to really help small businesses at the minute. They launched the new shops thing and various other things. So the next thing they've launched now is that you can do paid online events. So um, that's really good. So you can um, put your event onto Facebook. And if you're have, if you have a page that's eligible, you can monetize that and you can charge people to join your event. So that's great. If you're a small business, you maybe don't have the setup um, like we do to run webinars or whatever, but you could just run one through your page, charge people a tenner or whatever you want to do and, and make a bit of money out of it. Um, the only thing that's a bit of a problem is currently Facebook are letting you have 100% of the money. They probably won't in the end. But anyone who logs into it through iOS, um, the App Store are taking 30% of it. So you only get 70% of anybody's money if uh, if they come to Apple, which, you know, there's been a lot recently, hasn't there, with uh, the App Store and taking money from people. So um, you can check if your page is eligible in Creator Studio. Um, you just go into the page and look in the monetization bit and it will tell you if your page is eligible to do it or not. But yeah, I just thought it was really good. And, you know, at the minute, especially with people in lockdown and working from home and setting up new businesses and things that, you know, it's really good that they're offering this opportunity for you to make some money there. Yeah, yeah I mean, they they talked about the fact that they were testing it. I don't know, probably it's quite a while ago, actually. I want to say it's like maybe even like 18 months or <laughs> that they were talking about um, testing paid events in Facebook. And then I didn't really hear anything about it until a couple of 
I want to say about six, eight weeks ago, where um, there's a couple of influencers that I follow on Facebook and, and one of these people had been given early access to it as a bit of a test. And they ran a couple of event, a couple of paid events. But I think the idea of it is that it's always going to be quite low cost events, um, yeah. sort of you know, low ticket type stuff. And I think there were a few niggles, if you like. So it, it was the way that it was run was an event um, so it's a Facebook event and then the delivery was via a Facebook live essentially. And there were just a few niggles in terms of people being able to access it. And um, like they paid for their, their virtual ticket beforehand. And then when they went to access it, that there were issues there. So I think it's one of those things that it's being rolled out. So don't be surprised if you haven't got access to it. Um, I imagine it's going to go to pages that have got sort of bigger audiences to start off with because it's those pages that are going to trigger the monetization options anyway. <coughs> oh, we've got it. We do, yeah. <laughs> it's because we're proper. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's one of those things you want to like, I would suggest us testing it and doing like an event for a pound and just doing it, like maybe just inviting like a, you know, 30 of our clients to it just to test the whole process end to end. Because like I said, it, I think it is actually quite glitchy from what I've seen. And they they seem to have really, you know, it, things were moving really slowly on it and then it suddenly ramped up. So, yeah, I'm yeah. just kind of, it's one of those things I'm not looking to dive into too quickly on that one. Um, but it is really interesting. And again, it's giving power back to small businesses, which is fantastic. Definitely. So who should we go to next? Mark or Emily? Who should, who should we pick on? Oh, it's like daddy or chips. Mark or Emily? Mark or Emily? I'm staying silent. You can choose, Christina. Oh, if I put Mark on the spot, though, he'll go, oh, I've got anything to talk about. Okay, I'll go. I'll go then. I'll be oh. brave. <laughs> Um, so what I wanted to talk about this week was uh, just a couple of update, updates Sorry, in Instagram. Um, so one of them is within the main home feed, so the feed where you can see all of your followers' posts. Now, obviously, it depends how many people you follow, whether you've ever seen this before, but if you eventually catch up on everyone's recent posts, it will say you're all caught up. So it basically stops you from kind of pointlessly looking through images that you've already seen, pretty much. Um, and now something that they've created to something that's new is that they've added a new suggested posts feed under that section. Uh, so before it would kind of just stop. And then if you wanted to carry on, you kind of could, but it would let you know, obviously, that, that, that you are caught up. Whereas now it has the suggested posts to kind of encourage, I guess, people to engage with other pages that they don't necessarily follow or um, other people that they, they haven't seen their, their feed before. Um, Another thing that's new is a QR code. Um, so I don't actually know if I'm honest, I think it was only launched a couple of days ago, Christina, you might know a bit more about that than me, but um, Instagram did have something that was called a, a name tag. Um, so it was basically like a QR code and it was a way for you to connect with another profile, um, but it only worked within the Instagram feature itself. Um, so they've kind of ditched that now and now they're going to QR codes again to try and to increase the, the engagement and increase the following between different accounts. Um, and obviously with the QR code, you can scan that outside of the Instagram app and then it will automatically connect you to the to the person whose code you've scanned. Um, so yeah, 
that's it. <laughs> awesome. So with the QR code thing, it's really, I think it's quite interesting. So QR codes, like on LinkedIn, you've got, I, I assume, you know, you've got a QR code for your LinkedIn profile. And it was one of those things when it was brought out, people kind of went, yeah, so what? It wasn't wasn't that flash, you know, it was kind of like no one uses QR codes anymore. Um, And then, you know, then like everyone starts wearing Apple watches. And if you take a photo of your QR code, you can, let's say you're at an event, you can Mm -hmm. like walk around, but essentially with your QR code on your wrist and people yeah. take photos of it, that sort of stuff. And um, whilst we've been in lockdown, obviously the types of presentations that I would normally be doing face-to-face and when you're in the room and you're telling everyone to connect with you, mm-hmm. I've now, um, my end slide, I've used my QR code for LinkedIn there. So I kind of, when I get to questions, I'm bringing up this slide and saying, right, so whilst you all, you know, whilst you all think of a question and pop it in the chat, here's my QR code. Take a f- grab your phone, take a photo of this, and connect with me now. Mm-hmm. So they're like taking a photo of their screen. It's actually working really, really nicely. Um, it's also quite funny when you're imagine I'm delivering a webinar to you, and I can see everyone on screen when you've got the gallery view there, and you yeah. tell everyone to take a photo, and you can kind of see everyone kind of going in for the photo as well. Like that makes that just entertains me basically um but it is just a I don't know it I, I just feel like I mean Mark you might have an opinion on this it just feels a little bit like actually we shouldn't just forget about QR codes maybe there is a way of using them especially when we're sort of looking at what we're doing marketing wise when everything's a bit non-touch and, and that kind of stuff, it's, I don't know, is there, what do you reckon? It's a difficult one because, I mean, probably about 10 years ago, there was a real big push on QR codes and we were using them on so many different things. So it could be a leaflet, uh, vehicle liveries, you know, but, you know, that was a really good one to me that, you know, if you had a QR code on the side of a van or something, someone could just zap it and they've got those contact details there and then. So, you know, if it's a tradesman or something like that. But we did, I mean, whether it was because it was back then, people weren't, you know, you had to download a QR code reader at that point. We did we did tests and things with, you know, tracking usage. And the, the usage was just minimal, the, the clicks that were actually going through. But, I mean, I've had a quick look at some of the stats more recently. And, and the usage has gone up in the last sort of five years across the world as such but it's still really a lot in the Far East, sort of China, India, and they seem to have adopted it more over there and it's more part of everyday use. But, you know, the uses are could be fantastic. You know, the, the thing about the contact details and things, you used to literally be able to put a whole V card in, in, in a QR code. So you could actually download people's contacts straight away if that's what you so wanted, as well as redirecting to, to websites and things. But I think it's just the usage and people just haven't adopted it in in certainly UK anyway. And mm. I think that's a bit of a shame really because the, the mechanism is there. But yeah. yeah, people are just not using it. But maybe if something like Instagram, where you've got maybe, you know, a certain demographic, that might encourage people to then use them more elsewhere. Mm. I'm kind of in two minds about QR codes. I think 
like you said, Matt, I think the idea behind them is really great. And I think if they're used correctly, like you were saying, Christina, in the way that you use them, they can work really well in certain scenarios. But even for me, thinking, oh, there's a QR code now that I can scan and follow. So like, it's not that much more effort for me to go and type in their name and click the follow yeah. button. It's a, obviously it's more whizzy and it's kind of like, oh, look what I can do with my phone. But I, it's almost like the technology has been around for such a long time that it came out yeah. too soon, I think. It came out before people were really, do you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe if it came out a bit later on when people are much more into using their phones and it was sort of a new whizzy thing now, it might have taken off more. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but I'm not sure. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real odd one because all phones can scan now, I think, or certainly yeah. iOS and, and um, Android. You know, you don't need a reader app or anything anymore uh, and it will just recognise them. But, I mean, yeah. I honestly can't remember the last time I naturally scanned the QR code. You know, oh, occasionally okay. you see them occasionally on, you know, say menus and things like that, or sometimes yeah. in a restaurant they'll use a QR code for like take this survey type thing. Yeah. But that's one of the last things I've seen. This is I, just make... remembered, I just remembered um, Nando's. So week off, I took, it's like Isabella's just sat over there. Um, but <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm in. <laughs> Isabella and I went to Nando's and it was brilliant because like, so Nando's in Milton Keynes and it's like you scanned your QR code to join the queue. So, you know, a bit like, you know, like Frankie and Benny's or something like that. You get, they give you the little coaster that buzzes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a pager. Yeah. yeah. But you scan the QR code and then you could just, you know, bog off and go and, you know, do whatever you want to do for 10 minutes and, until you get the notification that your table's ready. Mm. And then sitting at the table, there's a QR code on the table to, that opens up the app so you can order your food. And it, it was brilliant. So I do wonder with sort of things that are being put in place with social distancing and that kind of stuff. I just feel like are we on the crux of that's the wrong word, isn't it? But you know, are we just about are we on the cusp? cusp that's it. Um, are we on the cusp of suddenly becoming a bit more savvy when it comes to QR codes? And actually, they are. You know, as everyone's getting out more and more and more, is this something that we're going to start being more comfortable using and start? You know, it will. Six months ago, twelve months ago, I there would not have been a mask in every single handbag I own. You know, whereas now it's like. You know, when you go out, you like you make sure you've got your bag and your keys with you. Well, you now you make sure you've got your bag and your keys and your mask with you. Mm. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, the, these the QR codes, is there an opportunity now where they might actually come back into force? And if they do, how, you know, I think there's an opportunity for us to really think about how we can use them quite creatively in our marketing. I think um, it would, I think that's a fair point. Like, like you said, Christine, I think now that, this could be the opportunity for QR codes to take off purely for the fact that they are, it's the social distancing thing. People don't have to touch menus. You don't have to hang around in a queue. You can sort of scan it, as you said, and then move off. And I have noticed a couple of restaurants actually doing that. 
Um, this is gonna make me sound really cool, but I don't go to Ibiza, but I do know <laughs> that in Ibiza, <laughs> um, a lot of the restaurants have been taking up, have been uh, taking up, taking up that. Oh, what am I trying to say? I've been picking up on that, um, and have been doing the same thing. But it's literally like they give you a, like a disposable, like recyclable piece of paper. You scan the code, and then it comes up on your phone for you to pre-order the food or the like through your phone. So obviously, you're only touching your phone, and then the piece of paper they can recycle. Um, so I think that could be a an opportunity mm. there, possibly. Mm. So for the uninitiated, because I have to say I've. Well, you know, I, have, I haven't been out loads, but I've, you know, sort of ventured out, been to a, been to a restaurant, been to a pub for lunch, um, mm. haven't seen or embraced the QR codes. And I guess people who are less familiar with it, um, how does it work? Do, they, do you literally take a photo with it or do you, because <coughs> yeah, I've, I've used like QR scanners in the past. So you literally just, as long as you've got an iPhone or an Android phone. It just recognises it now, yeah, yeah. The QR code. Yeah, so okay. literally just open, so just open, open up the, the camera. camera get the QR code in view and then it's just it's like just magic happens all of a sudden you get this thing pop up and it takes you through to a website and there you are happy days excellent so it's so simple it's so straightforward yeah um Jason's just asked on LinkedIn do, you know do we think the general public are going to understand them more and I, I do I, I really think that that people will um I think that it is a like I said, it's just that natural, it's a natural thing. And um, I think people being able to, so excuse me, it, I can see it rolling out into events, you know, people scanning to be able to check themselves mm -hmm. into an event and and that kind of stuff. It, it's, yeah, I just feel like there's so many uses for them. And actually we're, we're just going to suddenly be in this world where it's second nature for everyone. If mm. people are using, I mean, things like one thing I've sort of taken to using since lockdown is smart shop so obviously the old scanner type thing but now that's on your phone app instead of having to actually have a handset so the principle is probably the same in that if you can get people into using that kind of technology where there's an app on the phone they're used to doing that in Sainsbury's or whatever then it becomes a bit wider then they can probably adopt it more in different situations because bar a QR code is essentially a barcode just more complex that's all mm. similar principle are they um, quite easy for people to create themselves and set up themselves? Well, there's still there's still generators out there, so there'll be websites where you can you can generate QR codes. So, I mean, I haven't looked to be fair for a while, but there were, you know you get different levels of it. So the simplest ones will just be able to take you to URL, but others will be able to you know have other information in there. So there's various sort of levels of complexity. So if you see like a really simple QR code, it, look, the actual pattern is very simple. It means there's not much information in there. So it's it's just going to maybe to a website or something. But the ones where you see where they look very small detail in there, that's holding a lot more information in there. So it could be doing something very different. Mm. So it just depends. We'd have to have a look and investigate what sort of um, sort of generating sites are around at the moment. Yeah, cool. Okie dokie. So um so what have I been looking at this week so it you know it's been a been a really odd week because having that break 
I've had loads and loads of news to catch up on and I've kind of looked at stuff and gone, oh, that's really exciting. And then realized it's like, you know, seven days old. And you know, obviously the, the rate that news comes through for us, that, you know, that, that that's kind of like, you know, that's so last season. Um, but there's there's a few things that have popped up that I think are worth um, mentioning. Obviously, um, Reels has now been launched on Instagram. I've I I haven't created any reels, but I have had a little bit of a, a play with the little functionalities and things in there. So I'm really interested to see how you know whether people take up using reels on Instagram. Um, I was having a little bit of a debate earlier, um, and you know whether brands will look to use it or whether they'll go well. You know, TikTok is the home of that type of content, and they'll 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 look to you know, use, use TikTok for that type of content. It's really, really interesting, really interesting. Um, I definitely think we should be playing with reels. Um, and um, I just can't come up with the, the, the perfect, I can't come up with the right idea and of the, the right way for us to use it. So I've, I've still thinking on that one. Um, but if anyone has played with reels, then let us know. I'd love to see what you're doing. And um, yeah, maybe do some brainstorming and come up with some ideas that way um the other thing that's happened from a facebook perspective i don't know if you guys have seen um anyone that's managing a group on facebook you're going to start to see more analytics um but on a post by post basis as well so you should then start to be able to see actually what type of content within your group people are sort of clicking on and engaging with, even if they're not actually liking, commenting, et cetera, on those posts. So I, I think that's quite a good thing in terms of sort of measuring that engagement. Obviously, from a page perspective, we can kind of see those engagement levels. Um, so taking that forward into groups, I think, will be really, really good. Um, the other thing that's happened this week, so remember when all the Black Lives Matter stuff was kicking off, um, we had a conversation with um, Christiane from a brand called Broken Beautiful, and she was due to join us on um, live lunch, and unfortunately she, she couldn't make the, make the show, um, but she was looking at creating a project to essentially put a bit of a focus on um, you know, some of the black influencers that she does work with and, and what it means to be black and how people are having to live their lives slightly differently. Um, so she commissioned a video that's been created now. It was launched um, just, well, just a few days ago. So that's now over on her Instagram channel. I've got the link here. I am going to stick it into the chat. And I would really, do you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's really it's it's actually quite raw okay it's a and it really kind of hit me because the stuff that's being shared in that video is not particularly you know it's not over dramatic it's just like this is what our everyday you know this is what my everyday life is and at the time I know I talked a lot about lived experiences um, and, you know, we had a lot of conversation, although we didn't do much publicly surrounding Black Lives Matter, internally, we had a lot of <coughs> conversations um, and we chose to keep those communications internal. Um, 
but I think it is. I would really, really love anyone that watches this, um, you know, and, and us as well as a team to sort of help promote and, and give what Christiane's produced here some exposure. I know I watched it and um, I, I, yeah, I was quite, I don't know what the right word was. I, you know, I, I was moved by it anyway. You know, I, was I sat there bawling? No, I wasn't. Um, but it did make me really kind of just just stop for a minute and think. Um, so, you know, so many brands jumped onto the bandwagon. They were putting up their black squares or, you know, buying T-shirts with BLM on them and, and you know, that kind of stuff. And that's all well and good. And, and I get it. And it, yes, you should be supporting it. But yeah, actually just take a minute and, you know, watch this video and just have a think around it. Just just you and yourself and just have that moment of reflection because I think it is really powerful. Um, enough, I was um, chatting to, I was onboarding a new recruitment client we're working with. Um, and we were talking about companies you admire, companies you don't admire, basically. Um and they were saying one of their bugbears, having come from uh, larger recruitment companies who are perhaps more well-known, was the bandwagonitis. And we talked a lot about that, didn't we? Kind of people just jumping on a bandwagon. And they said, having gone through lived experiences, knowing what it's like to work there, and all they do is, is kind of put up a couple of posts and they will literally jump on the bandwagon of whatever is going on, whether it's BLM, <clears throat> whether it's Pride. And they said, we just don't, we just don't want to be that kind of company there are causes that are important to us and causes that aren't um which was great because this is you know that was the advice we were giving and they were kind of already aligned with that so you know when it comes to onboarding you kind of think well great we're already thinking on the same lines to start with but um but yeah i mean if there's something thought-provoking that we can watch then then great idea yeah like i said it's you know this is you know christiane runs a um uh how would I describe like a like apparel yeah it's like say it's like it's not apparel really is it so um but she's you know she, I mean she's really her head is in exactly the right place she's managed to sort of launch new um sort of you know new ranges of product and that kind of stuff through lockdown and essentially it's you know it's just herself and she's working with a team of designers and she's built some really really good links with some influencers as well that have been able to support her on this so um I, I just think it's fantastic she's been able to, to single-handedly um, essentially bring this together using her contacts so like I said I just you know as small businesses we all got to support each other right so I, I just think this is something we can really help her with so um so I think it's that. a real era of the small business at the moment as well oh completely completely okie dokie so um to move on, because I realise I probably should have finished with that, because now whatever I come up with next feels a little bit kind of trite as a follow up to that. I should have done done that in a different order, shouldn't I? Um, but yeah, other things I've been up to this week. Um, I've been talking a lot about LinkedIn, a lot about LinkedIn this week. Um, I've delivered a couple of webinars, um, one for the Institute of Directors, which um, went down really well. We've got some really good questions at the end of that that I'm going to create some content around. 
But one of the things that came up, um, one of the questions I was asked was about LinkedIn's um, social, your SSI score, your social selling index. Okay. So if you're interested in that, we can pop the, um, I don't have it handy. I should have, should have got it ready. Um, we'll pop the link in where you can go and check out your SSI score. But I was asked about basically what value, you know, what value does it have? What, what should we pay attention to with it? And it's one of those things where I honestly think that this is a score that you're given by LinkedIn. It looks at your, um, it talks about how optimized your profile is. It talks about your activity. It talks about how strong your network is. And it essentially gives you a score out of 100. Okay. And the idea is the closer to 100 you are, the, you know, you're, you're banging on, on LinkedIn and, you know, how, how great are you? But the problem is that if you're scoring lower, LinkedIn's automatically saying, oh, well, if you want to raise your score, you need to go premium. Mm. So for me, I don't put any stock into the SSI at all because I just see it as a sales tool for LinkedIn. Mm. But I realize that I'm quite, um, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a bit of a naughty girl, if you like. I, I, I'm kind of, if we, if we can get round something without paying for it, I am there. Um, you know, Paul's just said his SSI scores at 78. I know mine's always in the high 80s. And I look at what's there and I look at how you can kind of achieve the scores and, and increase your scores. And I'm thinking, do you know what? I'd like to think I know what I'm doing on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, I'm not sure there's that much I can do other than give LinkedIn money at this point. So, I, like I said, I, I just have a bit of a funny attitude towards it. That said... If you are fighting, like if you look at that link and your score is, you know, is pretty low, then you definitely need to not pay for premium because you're not leveraging what you've got available to you for free. OK, so there is this thing. And, you know, another question was asked. That is something we're asked all the time. Should people invest in premium on LinkedIn? And the answer is. If you are if you're smashing it on LinkedIn and you are doing all of your lead generation on there and there's not enough hours in the day when it comes to using LinkedIn on a free account, then yes, you need to upgrade. OK, yes, you need to go premium, but there's so much you can do before you're at that point. You need to put your hand in your pocket. You need to make sure you've exhausted all of those options to begin with. So here's my question for you guys, bearing in mind you didn't know I was going to talk about that. And I always like to put you all on the spot because that's part of, part of the reason we do this is so that people see the inner workings of Green Umbrella as well. So how many of you have actually looked at your SSI score? <laughs> so did you know, I don't particularly use um, LinkedIn for business development. I go on it pretty much daily, um, but it's kind of to interact with others or it's managing other people's accounts. That's the same as me, Amanda. I'm going to take yeah. Amanda's answer and I'm going to second it. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this brings me on to my next thing because I, I kind of knew that was going to be the answer. Okay, so this brings me on to the next thing. So um, I was on a – so this was after the webinar. I was on another call. And a question was asked, um, and I was I wasn't leading the call. It was I wasn't in the hot seat this time, which is you know is nice sometimes when I'm not doing the talking. 
Um, and the question was about outreach on LinkedIn. So you connect with someone, someone's accepted your connection request. Should you then like immediately reach out with a message or not to say thank you for accepting? And it's kind of a, well, you know, should you reach out and have a one-to-one -one dialogue? Yes, you should. But, you know, it, so this is my answer, not the answer that was necessarily given on the, um, on the call I was on. So, yes, you should reach out, but timing is everything. And the reality is for us, we use LinkedIn. It is, we're not using it as a sales tool. We're not using it to go sell, sell, sell. We're using it as an inbound lead gen tool. So it means that we, we need to have a presence. We are, you know, if someone connects with me or if someone accepts my connection request, I go and check out their activity. I don't necessarily send them a message straight away. I go and check out their activity straight away and see, is there anything there I can engage with? I look at the stuff they're sharing. I'm looking at how often they're sharing. If I think there's someone that potentially we could do business with, then they go onto my little list and I make sure I'm checking in with them every few weeks. And, um, you know, if they share something that I can add some value on or I find particularly interesting, then I would reach out to them at that point to talk around that particular story and start the dialogue that way. Mm. So it is that it's the human interaction thing. And I don't think it getting your SSI score as high as possible, paying for premium Okay, you could be on the highest package on LinkedIn. It's kind of irrelevant if you're not engaging. You know, if you're not showing up on the platform, you're not going to get results anyway. It feels like vanity metrics in a way. You know, we talk about vanity metrics, like mm -hmm. who cares if you've got the most connections? Because anyone can build up a following on LinkedIn. You can connect with, you know, anybody in any role anywhere in the world. But if they're not your if they're not your target audience, then what's the point? Or, you know, connections that you want to actually be in with. But, but yeah, so if you've got an SSI that's really high, is that, yeah, kind of a, a thing just to brag about rather than something you're using effectively? Mm. And and this is, you know, there is part of the score that's made up by, um, via your engagement. But I would suggest, in, you know, from a, from a weighting perspective, What's going to get you, as a percentage, your engagement on LinkedIn is probably 80% of what's going to bring you results. I think you get more results from your engagement than you do from your actual outreach on LinkedIn. When I say results, I mean meaningful results. Okay, so results that actually turn into business, that turn into invoices and money in the bank. Mm. And, you know, I was going to say, Christina, I'm kind of going back to your point about the inbox messages. I don't. Can you hear me? Okay, because I can kind of hear myself. Okay, mm. sorry if I sound weird. <laughs> um, yeah, going back to that point about the inbox messages, I think, I think your approach is definitely the way that I think is best because for me, and I think that's overly hard selling, right? And I think where. I connect with someone, they instantly message me. If I haven't clicked on that message, I'm automatically thinking they're trying to sell me something, they're, they want something from me. So I, half the time I don't even click on it straight away. I might go back to it a couple of days later and be like, you waited a few days, now you can have my attention. <laughs> but I just think, I don't know, I just think 
to go about it that way and to engage with somebody and to give them value back, you're automatically showing them that you can provide them with value, which that's a much softer, much better approach. I would be much more perceptive to that if I were the person that you were trying to do business with rather than if you connected with me and sent me a message straight away saying oh hi I'm Christina I think we can help you this is how we can help you I'd be like well what if I don't want your help do you know what I mean like it's just I I might not know at that point that I need your help whereas if you kind of gently nurture me and show me that I do need your help I don't know I think that's a better way personally I think you use the perfect word though it's it is all about the nurture definitely yeah I think so I think that's that's kind of what we do as well I guess in terms of our posting obviously we talk about sort of the 80 20 rule and stuff and I think yes you can put out messages there that are salesy what people describe as salesy because at the end of the day we are trying to sell a service and in business you are trying to sell something to your customers but you're also trying to sell them something that they need and you want them you don't want to sell them something that isn't going to work. Like we're not going to sell them a service and then it's not going to work for them because what's the, what's the point in that? If we know that it's not going to work, they're then going to go to somebody else and possibly say, oh, oh this hasn't worked for us, don't go to Green Umbrella. So we need to sort of nurture them in that way, show them that they need our help and how we can help them, which I think is the same approach that you should do personally or that I would do if I was in more of a sales role, <laughs> which I'm not. <laughs> You've just you've just ruined that, Emily. No, that's anyway. fine. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. We you know, we a lot of what we do is about education and it's about educate educating the people that are not work not yet working with us in terms of actually getting giving them that awareness so they know what they need you know mm. what they want and what they need are sometimes very different yeah. things the client amanda was onboarding yesterday you're essentially coming on with a package that is probably a third of what they were actually asking us for at the beginning because all the other stuff it's what they it's what they um, wanted. It's not what they need for their business right now, and they probably will have all that other stuff from us in the future. But it's about what what's right for their business right now. And we had a couple of um, couple of conversations and explored stuff and got under the side of their business. And actually, it became really really clear that they've you know that there's so much content out there that's telling you if you want to market your business in covid these are the 23 things you need to do but you can't implement 23 things into every business every time all at the same time and actually be able to tell what's going to work you know and it's like for you know for that client we're starting off with a social media package there's another client we're working with where actually um, you know, that the social media element we're doing for them is, is quite minimal. And we're actually doing a much bigger email marketing campaign because that's what's going to be right for their business and like the data they've got available to them at this point. And, um, you know, it, it is about it's that education piece. And the more we educate people, the more they understand what they actually need. And then they come to us anyway. We don't need to sell to them. Okie dokie. So, um, 
we've been going about sort of 40 odd minutes now so we're probably getting about that time where we can sort of wrap it up but has anyone got anything else to add anything they want to share um not today do you want <laughs> do you want my stat of the week oh yes please yeah we can't like, yeah we need a day oh, to day yeah, we need the stat of the week um <laughs> so I've got several actually for you this week. So first of all, I, I was going to say if, if you just gone like that and picked a page and just well, I'll, 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 I'll share this one. Three, ninety percent of back to school shopping has been done online. So Ooh. people are not going back to the shop still. Um, so that's stat number one. Number two. We spent, on average as UK consumers, over £700 on unnecessary goods, so little luxuries, over the course of lockdown. So that was a survey from Barclay <laughs> of people going, was that you, Emily? <laughs> Can I just say that? Jane is also a shopaholic. Oh, I'm more into the trending products. Jane makes sensible purchases. Yeah. But she does also buy stuff. <laughs> but it kind of backs up the whole... Um, yeah, people just wanting little treats, little luxuries that were coming in on board. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was quite interesting, though. And then uh, one that just popped up on my email that came through while we were talking was trends that are kind of here to say, um, because... Did it say QR I'm, codes? They didn't say QR codes, I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, if something is adopted, and I'm going to use a generational term here, so I'm sorry if it offends anyone, but I do use it when I talk talk to my parents because it just makes me laugh, but boomers, basically. So I do, if, if they're ranting about something, I do, okay, boomer. But um, <laughs> boomers, so those of, oh, I can't think, I don't know what year it starts, but anyway, so those are sort of towards retirement age, born in the 50s, 60s. Um, their use of streaming services went up by 86% and it's showing that it's likely to stay. So yeah, if you were if you were a Netflix or somebody like that pre-lockdown, <laughs> you were probably doing that now. Rubbing your hands. Okay. Speaking of streamers, Amanda, not you, my dad. <laughs> My dad has actually set up an Instagram account. So if anyone would like to finish it, uh, finish it, follow it. <laughs> it is. I think you've just I finished it, it. I'll tell you what, I'll find it because if I find it, then he'll be very happy with me and then I'll be in his good books. Uh, Blunt Brothers, it's called. So at Blunt Brothers. And it's his, it's his band. So for events or weddings or anything speaking of supporting small businesses and boomers i thought it was a perfect time for me to mention it <laughs> <laughs> Little I it. For me. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, are we open to like selling advertising now is that what it's going to be I don't, maybe we should yeah <laughs> maybe that's product placement so. spot. yeah we'll plug your business you could do it in a spot with us <laughs> fantastic okie dokie guys let's wrap it up there thank you um hopefully you didn't get too uncomfortable when i put you on the spot a couple of times there um i've actually written down mark we need to get a blog out about qr codes i think the more, the more i think about it the you know and talk to you guys about it today i do think it's um something that you know we, we kind of need to pay a little bit of attention to because you know, if in three months' time there's QR codes everywhere, we like to be ahead of the curve. So, um, yeah, let, let's look at doing that. Um, and, yeah, thanks, everyone, for tuning in.
and we'll see you next week on live lunch and um, just so you know we have to do this little wave at the end because Emily likes to take a screenshot and if we don't smile and stare at the screen whilst we're doing it we'll get <laughs> I won't do it now then <laughs> see you next week everyone <laughs> it's done, it's done. Oh, can I just say it's not just for vanity reasons it's for the live lunch image that goes on the website <laughs> yes Emily yeah <laughs> See you all later. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.